Welcome to Haunted Horizons Ghostcast, where your hosts, Alison Oborn and Kay Gollwood, will share their experiences in some of the most terrifying and haunted locations in Australia and overseas. So turn the lights off, relax, and enjoy. Hello, everybody. Thank Hello. you for turning this podcast on again for another episode. Always lovely to have you here. Now, we're just going to get stuck right into it, aren't we, Keg? We are. Yes, we Let's decided. Let's just get stuck in. Jump in, both Yeah, feet. never mind about it. If you want to catch up with news, guys, we have Facebook. You can go over to Adelaide Haunted Horizons Facebook page. All our news and updates are over there. I reckon we just get stuck into the episode we're going to do today. And what episode are we doing today? Well, I thought we'd do another one of our venues. It's not a very common one. We don't do it all the time. It's It's a special one, isn't it? We we term it a special. And we only do it every two months. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. We thought it'd be a good one to do. It's it's hasn't been done to death, and that's a nice thing about it. It's not investigated day in, day out like our other venues. Mm Mm-hmm. I think we get some really good stuff there. It's um, it's a very interesting place to be at, to work from. It is. And mm-hmm. the name of this place? is Glenbar Homestead in Strathalbyn. Yep. Glenbar Homestead is very old. So not many people know Keg, but Glenbar Homestead is only a year younger than the old Adelaide Jail. No. And it's... It, might not seem old in comparison to a lot of places, but it's old for Adelaide, for Very, South Australia. Well, for European settlement of yeah. South Australia, it is. It's also only six years away from when European settlement started here in 1836. So pretty much it was built at the beginning of our settlement here. Mm, yeah. So it makes it a very interesting place. Now, how all this began for me? We'd started the tours, we were doing our usual venues, when I got an email from the volunteers who asked if we would like to come and investigate because they were having some weird stuff happen there. I'd never, ever heard of Glenbar Homestead until that moment. Neither had I, because it's actually tucked out the way in Strathalbyn. It's not obvious from any road. Yeah, unless you know it's there. Yeah. I had a quick look at a photograph and it didn't look like it was too big from the one photograph I looked at. And I thought, oh, yeah, that looks cute, you know, I'll get round to doing it as an investigation. And finally, we went out to do it, didn't we? We did. And it was like, oh, oh, didn't expect that because it's quite a big house. It is, yeah. Mm-hmm. Then you got a barn and stables, which has been converted into a kitchen, and above it is a chapel. And you've also got a big cellar and you've got a cottage as well. Yeah, so there's a lot. There's a lot to investigate. We were like kids in a lolly shop when we saw it, didn't we? Oh, yeah. So this is how it all began for us. Now, I suppose we should look at the history. Yes. So people understand the background to Glenbar Homestead. Mm-hmm. Well, Keg, I'm going to hand the history. I know I'm the one that usually um, does the history. You, yes, you're the one Don't that I? does history. Well, I'm places. usually the one that takes over completely. Really. Well, there is that, yeah. Since it's my microphones and <laughs> your office, my office, <laughs> your house, <laughs> and I just love the sound of my own voice. Not, but 
you are the one that does the tours there now because I kind of handballed it to you. So mm-hmm. you probably do know the history a little better. So we might swap this around a little bit. We might let CAG go through the history with you and then I'll go through some of the investigation with you instead of the other way around. That we okay, do. that'd be cool. That'd be good. That sounds very bright and breezy. Okay. Yeah. Let's do that. Do it, Kate. All right, so shall we start off with the ranking family? Well, let's, because they're the ones that built exactly. it. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Probably. So let's start from let's the very beginning. From, what's that song? We start from the very beginning. It's a very, very good, good place, place to start. start. All right, so let's start with the Rankin family. William Rankin came over here with his family. They came from Argyllshire in Scotland. And they came over on the ship called the Rapid um, in 1839. Now, he came over with his wife and his children. His wife was Jane and right. his children. And he also came over with his brother, John Rankin. Now, he was a doctor. He ended up being the doctor in Strathalbyn as well, along with his wife. They came over and they actually made their homes up in the Adelaide Hills in, in what was now Strathalbyn. Mm-hmm. They decided to build Glenbar Homestead. Originally, it was only three rooms. Oh, that's small, isn't it? How many children mm. did he have? Oh, he had about six, I think. There's a lot of children, mm. yes. Can you imagine today? I mean, I look at the size of these houses that they used to have and the amount of children they used to have, and it makes you wonder, how on earth did they cope? If, if you only had three rooms now to live in with your kids, with six children, mm. Modern day society would just, yeah, I know, have it a nervous been, breakdown. Yeah, they would, they would, and I think, of course, back in Scotland as well, they used to live in a lot of tenement buildings, didn't they? Mm. It's the same in in England. Well, most places they used yeah. to um, have numerous families living in the same house. Well, they still do in yeah. some of those blocks. Yeah. And it was consisted of three rooms, which was at the moment they got the front one, which they're now using as an office. And they've got the long room, which is it's like their lounge room, isn't it? It's a nice, beautiful room. Oh, it is. Well, the whole house is beautiful. It is. And then they've got another room, which they call the royal room because it's all full of royal memorabilia. So it ends up with three rooms. And then in the 1850s, um, when they found out you can actually add a kitchen on that was going to be safe, that wasn't going to set fire to the rest of your house. And so 1850s, they built the kitchen and the dining room on the back. So you have to go down some steps to get into those. They carried on living there for Mm -hmm. for quite a while. And then uh, William Rankin decided to go back to Scotland. And whilst he was away, his son actually built upstairs and made it into a two-story home. (laughs) Because that's what you want your son to do when you're not there. So I'm not quite sure whether it was... It was meant to happen or whether he just did it, whether he thought, oh, it needs a, you know, another floor on there to make it look good. I really don't know. Maybe they just got sick of all the kids and they Maybe, yeah. You know bit. how you get sick of your your siblings? Yes. <laughs> I think I'll go and just make a huge, great double story so yeah. I can get away from them. You can imagine that, couldn't you? So that was the 1870s. <laughs> it actually used it as a family home for over 80 years. Mm-hmm. It was also used for the, the the entire town to come. They had picnics and also church services and things like that as well. It was like a big gathering. It place, was. It was a it's big. Still it's still a big. It's, it's still... funny how it's still got the same sort of use. Yeah. Apart from the chapel. Well, did they use a chapel there? I think they used to have church services there, but it wasn't a chapel back in those days. William Rankin was a bit of an unusual fellow from what we can gather. And now, unfortunately, his first wife, Jane, passed away. Right. And he went on holiday to Scotland with his second wife. Mm -hmm. 
And whilst he was away, his second wife, unfortunately, passed away. That's unfortunate, losing two. It was, it was. So what (laughs) he did was he wrote back to his family and told them what had happened. So they all appeared at the the docks waiting for him to come back Mm -hmm. to say how bad he was and to give their condolences. And there did William Rankin appear with his third wife (laughs) as a surprise for everybody. So... He didn't waste much time. He didn't waste much time, bless him. But I suppose, and again, life was short back in those days. He probably just made the most of it. They could. By 1920, Mm -hmm. most of the ranking family members had moved away and got their own homes. So they actually sold the property in 1923 to a gentleman called Richard Giles. Now, Richard Giles used it as a family home for a number of years before renting it out to his niece, Daphne Bowman. Now, Daphne wanted to establish a training site for girl guide movement there. Eventually, Richard Giles sold it outright to Daphne and her friend Kathleen Bateman, and they turned it into a campsite for children. So not only did they have the girl guides there, but they also had children there that could experience living in the country that were only used to being in the Mm. city. And also during the war, uh, if they had fathers that are out at war and their mothers working on the land, they would look after the children as well during the day. So they did a really good job between them. Yeah, definitely. So the children would stay on site. Mm -hmm. The girls would live upstairs or sleep upstairs, really, in the main house. Right. And the boys would sleep in the barn. So the totally opposite ends Mm. of Glenbar area. So where the chapel is now? No. We're talking about the barn, barn. Oh, yes, there is a barn as well. I forgot about the barn. Yeah, yeah. so that's where the, they slept yeah. in the barn. It's very nice in there, though. It is, mm. isn't it? In 1975, Glenbar Homestead was handed over to the Bowman Bateman Foundation, which is run main, mainly by volunteers and continues to be true to Daphne and Kathleen's vision for the place and remains a campsite focusing on youth-related events and activities. They also host weddings and also they do Highland gatherings as well. We've been to that. We have. You like the haggis there. Oh, I love the haggis. Absolutely love the haggis. But they also do things like murder mysteries. They mm-hmm. have um, other events where you can go and have scones and jam and cream and mm. all sorts of unusual things. So I believe they really do good. ghost tours as well. Do they do ghost tours? Ghost tours. Oh, I bet they do. I bet they're good. They would have to be. We'll have to try I think one. They've got a really good tour operator in there doing it. Oh, have they really? Yeah. Oh, better check that one up then. Don't know who that on. could be. No. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So let's get on to the Glenbar deaths and the ghost stories because okay. that's what everybody likes. Death wise, we didn't find anything in particular, but Jane passed away when the when she was in. Australia, so it mm-hmm. would have to have been in the house. And I did find mention of a couple of the children passing away as well. And plus the family were there for 80 years, weren't they? Yes, so there would have been a lot of family deaths in that time. You would have to have had yeah. people passing on, children Especially back on. in those days. Yeah. As I said, I was originally approached by the volunteers. And, of course, we had to question them about Glen Barr and the ghosts and why they wanted us out there to investigate. Now, they told that they were getting uneasy feelings, especially when alone in the house. Occasionally, when the volunteers are in the office during the day, they can hear footsteps above them. And they've even heard the sound of children playing on the stairs. 
Another volunteer who helps farm the land told of how when in the paddocks quite often and light was beginning to fall, so it's just starting to get dark, he would occasionally see the figure of a woman standing at one of the upstairs windows. He told that he got the impression that she, it was almost like she was waiting for somebody and looked like she was holding a lamp. I guess if her husband was off somewhere, I suppose they would have waited. Well, yeah, we never know. They could have been off travelling overseas. They could have gone to war. They could just have been in the town. I doubt she'd be standing in the window <laughs> looking for him to come back from the shops <laughs> for with a loaf of bread. Well, maybe she was really enamoured about him. Maybe. And just waited for every minute to be with him. I don't know. Doubt it. Or maybe it was coming back with a haggis. That's I'd be looking for him if he came back with a haggis. If it, for those who can't see the video... My face turned a little green then. (laughs) Not the biggest fan of haggis. Love it. Now, that window is very interesting because Mm -hmm. when we got the tours and I was setting the tours up there or investigations up there, I obviously had to go up and do some marketing. So I went up there to do a live stream to our Facebook. Now, it was still daylight. And I was just introducing them to the fact that we just started the tour. So it's like this big introduction. Hey, we're doing the tours. And I was showing them the house. I was out in the garden and the camera for the live stream was focused on me with the house behind me. And about three months after I did that live stream, one of the volunteers got in touch with us and said, hey, have you had a closer look at your live stream? And I went, no, why? And they said, well, have a look at the window upstairs that is behind you because there is a figure in the window. Now, my first thought was pareidolia. They've probably seen something there that is natural. So we had to look at it. And it's really interesting because you see the curtains move and what looks like a solid black head appear in the window. Mm -hmm. Now, there's nobody in that house. I will put it here for the video version, but there is nobody in the house. And if it was a real person, you would see some sort of detail to that person because it would cast light and shadow on them. Yeah, but there was nothing, was there? Because it was daylight still. Yeah. There's nothing, it's solid black. What did you think of it, Kagi, when you saw it? When I, I pointed it, it out cool. to you. Yeah, I mean, I must admit, we know none of us even... I don't think we even it. know what it is today. No, we? no. But it was, it's very strange. Very strange the way it, it's, yeah. it was done. And know. that was live. And we did, I didn't see it at the time because I wasn't... I was focusing on your comments, not on the windows behind me. Now, the stables and the chapel can also be very interesting. On one of our early visits prior to doing the tours, because it's like I said, we we like to know first if these places are haunted. Yeah. And get some sort of evidence for the tours for us to operate there because we want the best places for you lot to go to. We want to know that although you're not going to get stuff all the time, you never will, you've got a good chance of it happening. So we'll not only interview the volunteers, we'll also try and do our own investigations for a few times, just to make sure. And this was one of those occasions. Now, I was in the stables with Tanya, one of the volunteers. You had gone off somewhere else with another guy. Yeah. 
And I was doing a live. Now, on the live, one of the people asked, what is an ovulus? I explained what the ovulus was. And then out of the ovulus, we got, I've never heard this out of an ovulus before. We got a, ah. And it was was almost as if the penny dropped to whoever was there. Like they were going, well, what is this thing? I explained it out loud to the people who were watching. And it was almost like whatever was there went, oh, I have never heard an ovulus do that. No. I'm going to play that now for you. Uh, Emily, that's called an ovulus. It spits out random words depending on the EMF in the environment. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that was unusual. (laughs) What the hell? Obviously, you wanted to know what it was. The interesting thing, Keg, adding on to that, is at the end of the night, apparently we went, and at the end of the night, the volunteers decided to play the bagpipes. I don't know how you missed that. I'm just glad I did. I, I bet you regret no. leaving at that point. Uh, no, I think we probably left at the right time. Because I know you love the bagpipes. Mm, no. And apparently, as they were playing the bagpipes, the back doors blew open. Now, the back doors are bolted in. They are bolted in, yeah. And they just blew open. They're trying to probably escape like I would have done. Interestingly, Cag, another time around that door area out the back, I'd remembered I needed to get something from the barn. So I'd gone down, walking down to the barn, and I heard footsteps coming up behind me. Now, this was on a tour. And I thought maybe one of the tour members was coming up to talk to me. And not that I don't love our tour people, (laughs) I guess, but at the time I was in a big hurry to go and get it. And I just thought in my head, oh, I I haven't got time at the moment to be in general chit-chat. But, of course, you've got to be polite. So I turned around to say hello and there's nobody there. Absolutely Mm. nobody behind me. And they were heavy footsteps coming up towards me. I really thought it was a real person. Maybe they're just keeping an eye on you. Maybe he was watching Mm. and keeping an eye on what we're doing. This was in one of the earlier tours. Mm. One of the places that the volunteers have never liked is the cellar. Yes, the cellar. They've never felt comfortable down there. And indeed, when we did our early investigations there, I have to admit, there was a heaviness that we were feeling. It didn't feel uncomfortable. It didn't feel uncomfortable. <laughs> it did. It did. No, it didn't. It did feel uncomfortable. It did feel uncomfortable. And there was something a little more unpleasant about that one. Since we have been doing the tours there, we have had some interesting responses. Yeah. In fact, there was a shadowy figure seen standing in the corner or it's seen moving across the wall. Mm -hmm. And even a couple of times, Keg, the worst of all, our guests have reported seeing it crawling on the floor in the same area. There can't be anything worse than that. There's something not pleasant about creeper crawlers. (laughs) It's me finished. Now, there was an interesting photograph taken on one of the tours and it did appear to show a figure standing in the corner yes in a place you couldn't get to because it was full because of furniture. it was full of furniture and he was wearing roll-up sleeves mm. on a freezing cold night it was almost like 
he was semi looking at the wall, but then he was looking slightly over his shoulder at the tour. Mm. Could it have been another guest there? There is that question mark. There were people down there. I was there at the time it was taken, by the way, Kay. And I don't remember anybody. You could get into the corner. And we did get into the corner. We put a K2 up on the end there by the wall. I don't remember anybody getting into that corner, though, after we put the K2 there. But not only that, it was a freezing cold night. You guys were all wearing mm. coats and jumpers and hats and gloves. Mm. He was wearing either um, a short sleeve top or mm. a shirt that the sleeves are rolled up. Yeah. So he had bare arms. Yeah, which was unusual. I'll, yeah. As I said, I'll put that for the Patreons and the people who are going to get the video version of this. If you're subscribed, I will put that photo up here and you can make up your own mind. Occasionally when you're in the cellar, because above the cellar, it's a cottage. Yes. Kathleen's cottage. And sometimes when we're working down there, we can hear thuds and we can hear footsteps up in the cottage. However, everybody is accounted for. There's nobody up there, which makes it even mm-hmm. stranger. Since doing the tours there, it's been an interesting journey, hasn't it? It, it has. been. We've had some very curious happenings mm-hmm. is the best way we can put it. Now, I'm going to move into our investigation. We've had lots of investigations there, but there was one. When we had COVID, and we all remember those heady days of getting locked down, us not being able to do the tours, but as it was coming back, places were struggling, and we didn't have as many people on the tour, so we were still depending on a different angle with our Haunted Horizons investigations, and that was what we invented, which was on the road live. It's kind of highlighting tourist places, giving you the history and seeing if we get anything happening. So we thought, hey, we might as well do Glenbar. And we decided to do an investigation away from the tour with just you, me and Vicky, the volunteer there. Vicky joined us for the night. Vicky is still married into the Rankin family, isn't she? Yes, she she is. Yeah. Still married. Still married. Yes. Sorry, Vicky. I hope you are still married into the Rankin family. But she did marry into the Rankin family, so she's got a wealth of knowledge of the history there. Now, Vicky was telling us some of her personal experiences, mm-hmm. and one of those was the Royal Room. Yes, and that's, it's all full of royal memorabilia from uh, Daphne and Kathleen mm-hmm. because they were big collectors of things. And she she said that sometimes she'll walk past that room and it's all corner of the eye stuff, but it doesn't happen in the other rooms, just this one. She sometimes, she says, sees a figure sitting in the chair yeah, in the far corner of the room. So we thought, well, that's a good place to start. The other thing she did say, there's a phone. There's, in fact, there's two. There's an old wooden one, but there's another one that dates back to the 1950s. Yeah, 1950s, 1960s, yeah. depending where you come from. I think they came in Australia slightly later than they did the UK. Yeah. And she did talk about an incident when that phone rang. So they've been having some uh, weirder things happen lately because you're spending a lot more time here now. I am. I'm here a bit more during the day at the moment than I usually am. And um, for some reason, we've the telephone has been ringing. Um, which doesn't sound that peculiar, except that we don't have a telephone line anymore. <laughs> so it's like... It's not supposed to ring. It's dead. <laughs> um, so, yes, it's happened about three times now. Right. Um, once on my own, once on one of the other ladies that was here, 
on her own and once when we were together. Wow. It just goes bring bring and that's it. Nothing else. Doesn't even give you a chance to get up to it. So, Not that I'm sure I want to answer it. So you said you've had um uh down like that. Footsteps and stuff while yeah, you've been upstairs. here as well. Yeah. And that's kind of normal. I kind of don't mind people walking across the ceiling. I can ignore that too yeah. much. But the phone did kind of freak me out because that's a modern thing. It's not <laughs> They're not supposed to know about phones. <laughs> now, the other thing we had in there is a doll. And Vicky really doesn't like this doll. No, she doesn't. Um, no, and it's a pretty cool doll, actually. We like it? it. We do like it. And she told us one thing about the doll. Yeah, it does something quite unusual. Yeah. What's that doll, is it? You know dolls better than me. It's, it's just one of those, um, I think it must be, what, a 1950s doll, do you think? No, 70s, 70s doll. Ooh, it's more, yeah. I think it's more of a 70s doll. But it's one of those where you pull a cord and it talks to you. I reckon it would be 60s, 70s, 60s because 70s. it does have that kind of terminology, baby. Yeah. It's like the hippie. It's like a hippie doll. It is a hippie doll. But it does actually Well, Vicky said swear. it swears. And we were like, yeah, whatever. Whatever. Well, that was yeah. like your red, red back to a ball. So we, we immediately had to play with it. And we did it lots and lots of times and it didn't. It just came out with the usual stuff. And then lo and behold, bang. And we were just killing ourselves laughing. I'll just play it here. You tell me what it's saying. No, it's not doing it now. I'm recording. We were witnesses. She actually said it. She used it. All right, about five times she went. F me, baby. <laughs> but now, I, and then I realised I hadn't been. Lit up. Now, for those who've never come across a periscope, it measures static electricity, a bit like when your hair lifts up in a storm. And it indicated there was something static passed in the vicinity of that doll, mm -hmm. which didn't help Vicky at all. No. In no. her liking that doll. No, not in the slightest. I think it helped Vicky like it even less. I think it probably did. It was funny watching Vicky. Now, we introduced ourselves and the K2s on the mantelpiece went off. We had to dismiss that, really, because K2s are extremely sensitive to EMF. EMF also, electromagnetic fields, includes radio frequencies. We were on a phone that was broadcasting because we were doing this live. And we can't say that our broadcasting wasn't setting those K2s. This is why I'm not a fan of K2s. Yes. Because they're not really shielded. They'll they'll light up to any mm -hmm. any range of EMF field. But the interesting coincidence is they lit up just as I was asking whoever was there to light up a light. And I actually say this line, can you light up a light? Doesn't matter which light, any light will do. Can you light up a light to let us know you're there? Boom, the K2s went off, followed by a cat ball on the stairs. Followed 
by a cat ball in the room with us that had been put next to two bottles of whiskey that I brought as a trigger object. So now we had three items lighting up. Now, mm. the balls wouldn't light up to the EMF. And the fact we had two balls in two different areas yes. light up at the same time, practically. I am still going to say, because of the weakness of the K2, and because I was fairly close, closer than I usually am to those K2s, normally they won't go off when I'm broadcasting, I was a bit closer than I normally am, I can't, in all honesty, put that down to paranormal. I would have to put it down to the phone. Yeah, I agree with that. But it was still curious. It was. Nonetheless. And the fact, yeah, the ball's going off as well. Yeah. That was pretty cool. So Now, we also did an EVP burst, which we always do. And I like to do those at the beginning, Keg, because I always think whatever it is is fresher. If there's any mm-hmm. energy there, it's got more interest in us probably at the beginning before it gets bored of us. Because probably when it's talked to us for a little bit, it's probably going to go, yeah, don't want to talk to them anymore. Yeah, exactly. So I do like to do any EVP bursts at the very beginning of an investigation. You'll notice if you watch our videos on YouTube channel, any of our investigations, anywhere, doesn't matter where we are, I always kick it off with an EVP burst. And it may look like we're just doing the same old, but that's why, why we do it. Now, we were asking a lot of questions, but one of the questions that we asked was, was Mr. Rankin happy with the way the volunteers were looking after Glenbar and the things that they were doing there? Mm -hmm. And to that one question, we didn't get any responses to any other question, just to this one. What did we get, Cag? I. I? That was it. I. I. Mm. which for those that don't know is actually (laughs) Scottish for yes now this is the interesting thing it's a good job we had somebody who was part Scottish next to me here (laughs) because Vicky may be going what's he mean by I does he mean I am but just didn't get that second word out does he mean I am happy I we were trying to talk about that and then Keg interrupted us Mm. And reminded us that Scotland is Scottish for yes. For yes. And only Keg would have known that. <laughs> I think he would have got it eventually. We didn't get much more out of it, though. It was just one word. Aye. Aye. But we were told that the ranking men were men of few words. Mm-hmm. But the words they spoke were important. Yeah. And that was an important word. And Vicky piped up after that. She said, you know... I was just thinking that as a question. She said, I'm, I was sitting there thinking, I wonder I wonder what they think, what the Rankin family think of what we're doing with the place. Would they approve? And I kind of answered that. And I just said, well, now you have your answer. Didn't stop her from being nervous, though. No. She just got very, she was she very, got very tighter on that. So you could not. You cannot see anybody so upright, straight, and so tight-looking Yeah, as you did in that investigation. <laughs> so even though it was nice stuff that we got, she it didn't take the nerves away much. No, I think, yeah, she. This, I was surprised how nervous she was in the house. Yeah. I know she won't go in the cellar, 
Um, but I was surprised at how nervous she was in the house. But then again, I suppose if you're in that house by yourself, you're hearing yeah. footsteps, you're having the phone ring, you're seeing people sitting on chairs that aren't there, yeah. you're going to be a bit nervous, aren't you? You're always aware somebody's there. Yeah. Now, I took the headphones and did the Estes. We do like to do that as well. Mm-hmm. You were asking the questions, weren't you? I was. So we were just asking questions, starting by introducing ourselves. Which is polite. It is polite. And then you heard something. I did. <laughs> it was almost straight away. And it was just this, finished now. And I am I always try and say what I'm hearing in the tone that I'm hearing it. So the these guys who are asking questions kind of get the gist of where it's coming from. And it was very gruff. The best way I can describe it, authoritative and almost disapproving. And they probably would disapprove of it. Well, if they're very you know private that? people and yeah. not people of many words. But you continued. I did. I was having a bit of a laugh and saying, could you make the phone ring where Alison was standing? Because it was right next to her. You had another voice come through, didn't yeah, you? It was the same. It was exactly the same authoritative male voice that came through and just went, goodbye. Yeah. It's like not happy. Didn't have a sense of humor, I don't think. No, not quite the same as what yours is, Keg. No, no. But the interesting one was when you asked about horse. Yeah, I just said, did you have a horse? Because you can imagine back in those days, the people would have had yeah horses and that sort of thing. And the answer you got was, I have. Almost, and it was almost straight away. It was. It was. It was literally straight Do away. You know what I like about that because you asked it in the past tense. Did you have a horse? Ah. What I heard back was, I have. Mm. Think about that. Present tense. Present tense. Again, it comes back to, are they still living their lives like they used to live back then? Are they still seeing the world as in their time? In which case, he probably would still have a horse. Yeah, that's true. I don't know. We no, never... I like that. I like your thinking. I have these things just pop into my head. Yeah, well, it's a bit dangerous, but anyway. <laughs> That was a good one. And apart from that, nobody really appeared to want to talk to us. That gruff voice told us, finish now, goodbye. And apart from the horse one, which you must have just been on the question that got the interest, we got nothing. No, it was very It was like, shut down. Yeah. Shut down, not talking anymore. So at that point, Vicky went home and left us to it. So I think just, she was quite relieved. I think we we offered to keep her there. We said, hey. We did. We've got other places to investigate yet. Yeah, you're quite welcome. But she seemed to have to go somewhere. She did. I must admit, I was very impressed because she wasn't keen on staying anyway. No, we did so talk her into it. So She was she was really good. So well I done. I think it was worth worth Vicky staying just to get that answer. Yes. That confirmation. I, mm-hmm. the, everything they're doing is approved of. So at this point, you moved off to the cottage on your own. I think, well, I don't know, what, what was I doing? Was I saying goodbye to Vicky? Was I packing no, up? No, you were. Were you doing the stables? Were you in the, were you in the chapel? I could have been anywhere. Don't know what you were doing. I don't know. Skiving off, probably. probably. Mm. Like I used to do at school. <laughs> <laughs> you must have been better if you went to My school. mathematics would have been brilliant <laughs> if I didn't spend most of my time at home watching movies. So you went to the cottage on your own. I did. Um, what's, what's been reported in there? We've had all sorts of weird mm. things in there. Now, it's got one of the 
strangest bathroom setups I've ever seen. <laughs> so it's one of those that's got a quite it's not got many steps, but quite steep steps Let's down see. into, into the bathroom area. You wouldn't want to forget that you had to go down steps. In no. I mean, I, I have slept there overnight a few times because it is an Airbnb. Mm-hmm. All right. I have slept in there. What I do tend to do is I actually possibly leave that light on and close the door just so that if I have to go to the toilet during the night, I don't break <laughs> my neck. But we've had reports, reports of people hearing footsteps mm-hmm. going up and down those stairs. Now, at one point, we had two volunteers stay overnight. One was in the main part of the bedroom and one was in like the, the lounge part of the, the little cottage. Mm-hmm. And the woman and that was in the bedroom was really annoyed the next morning because she said all she could hear was the woman in next to her in the next room keep coming through to her room to go down to the, the, the toilet mm-hmm. during the night. And um, we found out later on that this other lady had slept all the way through. She didn't get up once to go to the toilet. And that's <laughs> reported an awful lot yeah. um, in there. But I've had all sorts of weird things happen in there during the investigations. Mm. We've actually had people report a figure at the top of those stairs as well. Waking up in the night. I've yeah. heard that one, yeah. It freaked them out a little bit. You've slept there. I have. Because we hire it when you're doing the big six-hour investigations yeah. there with the with the public. Mm-hmm. And often you'll stay back with Mickey or Damo. Mm-hmm. You've had things happen in there when you've been sleeping, haven't you? Yeah, and nothing ever happens if I'm sharing the the house with Damo. I have to say that nothing oh, ever so happens it's just with when Damo. There's women. So it's just when there's women. I've got uh, Mickey. Mickey often likes to sleep in the lounge area. Mm-hmm. I sleep in the main bedroom. And one time, I was lying in bed, and I always sleep on my front, and I could hear something somebody moving around in a bed now at that point the house is very different to as it is mm-hmm. now they just upgraded it and there used to be an extra bed in that room they've actually moved that bed out now so mm. all you've got is the main bed in there and i could hear somebody tossing and turning in a bed and i didn't want to move because mm. i didn't want it to stop at which point mickey who was in the room next to me we only had a, a little do- a door between us she called out to see if i was okay mm. and i'm like yeah i'm fine why I said, can you hear that too? And she went, yeah, I can hear that. Um, I'm also a very messy sleeper. So I got my, (laughs) well, I'm all over the place when I'm sleeping. (laughs) Because what do you mean? Define messy. I end up in the morning with quilt all over the place, (laughs) pillows all over the place. And I was actually lying down. I had my foot, it's actually um, a metal frame bed. I had my foot through the frame at the bottom of the bed and my toes were upside down on the blanket box. Yeah. And I could feel the blanket box depressing as though somebody was either sitting on the blanket box or pushing on it. So that was happening to me. But then about 40 minutes later, mm. I'd actually fell asleep. Mickey was still awake in the other room. And it must have been about four, half past four in the morning. She heard somebody knocking at the cottage door. <laughs> Three definite knocks. Right. And Mickey did what any good paranormal investigator would do. She turned over, put the blankets over her head and tried to go back to sleep. So when he'll be knocking on the door at half past four yeah. in the morning. So it's like, no, it's yeah. all good. So. You see, I have slept there only once and I slept like a log, but it was a quiet night that we were there that time. Yeah, I must admit, I normally sleep like a log when I'm there. And uh, this night it was just, I think Mickey and I have been talking for quite a while. Yeah. So it was one of those, it was actually quite late. So, yeah. um, But normally I sleep really, really well there. So I decided to do an EVP burst um, whilst I was in the building by myself. And even before I started to ask my first question, the EDI triggered. 
So I had temperature change and mm. air pressure. And I also had a cat ball light up on the top of the bathroom stairs as well. Oh, that's reassuring where the figure was. Yes. <laughs> where the figure seen. <laughs> mm. Also, there's a noise, and I couldn't tell you what the noise was or where it came from, but it was actually somewhere in the building as well. That's it. What? Right, play it back. Mm-hmm. What was that? I don't know. So then you joined me. I did. Eventually from somewhere. From wherever, right? from wherever I was skiving off from. I probably yeah. woke up and yeah, from the corner. Oh, maybe and went, oh, I should do something. Where did Keg go? I'd better go and do some investigating. So when I got there, we decided to do the portal accession. So ghost mm-hmm. box plugged into a portal, what we call portal. I was asking questions. And one of the questions I asked at the very beginning, obviously, was Mr. Rankin, are you here tonight? Mm-hmm. And in response, we got the creepiest deep voice yes. come out that portal that just went, leave. Mm-hmm. Mr. Rankin, are you here tonight? <laughs> that wasn't unlike what I was hearing when I said, finish now and goodbye. Oh, like we had in the, um, in the main That house. very authoritative voice Mm. and it was constant wasn't it when we were talking within a few seconds it's like leave leave out it just went on and I said well well we just want to know who was it who used to live in this cottage and it came out with the owner which I think is brilliant I'm sorry I think that's really funny I know so I'm gonna say (laughs) it's just well it was like a dirt question it was almost like it was it was it's like the owner Telling me it's like the owner. <laughs> I love that. Who used to live in this cottage? <laughs> it was stupid. But then it was followed by a really creepy child's voice. Yeah, it was like the child was like taking it seriously and yeah. like the I did. I did. And then it carried on with the leaves. <laughs> it very quickly came in again. Leave. And the patron one of our patrons heard, hey, you two, leave. Yeah, I heard the leave part. That was very clear. I, I didn't hear, I don't know if you did, but I didn't hear that, hey, you two. No, but we have to remember it's very different for them yeah. isn't it, when they're doing it through, listening it and through. And this is another thing I find about the ghost box and the portal and mm. when people are playing it so it's coming through a speaker. If you're in the room next door or if you're outside the room in the hallway, you actually hear it better yes. than the people in the room. You do. Now, whether it's because it cuts out a lot of the noise and you're hearing the voices better, but there's been times when these lot have been doing something. I'm out in the hallway going, how can they have missed that and not responded to it? In fact, sometimes when I'm listening back to it on the computer, I go, how did we miss that at the time? It's mm. so clear. So it seems like either running it through the computer or just not being in the same vicinity of it, you hear it a bit clearer. Now, just after it said, hey, you two leave, mm. it reinforced that with now. Oh, so Rosemary heard, hey, you two leave. No. 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 <laughs> it's 
somebody, happy, was it? Somebody was not happy that we were there. So then I said, well, okay, what's going to happen if we don't leave? Ooh, I know. Challenging. And all we got was, please. Leave. Leave. But that wasn't in the same voice, was it? No. It wasn't um, a horrible voice. It was just, please, leave. And I think you were commenting at that point, well, at least they're being polite. Mm. But then it was followed by that voice again. Mm. Out. (laughs) I did ask, because we're always curious. We want to know how many people are still there. And I did ask that. I said, how many people are here? Now, it wasn't that voice that answered. It was a different voice, but it said, there's six. And it was almost before I'd even finished the sentence. Yeah, that was pretty cool. There's six. But I think with so many leaves and outs, it was obvious that whoever was there really didn't want us there No. in that building. And so we decided to move on. Because I said, should we do an Estus in the cottage? And you said, well... Let's do it down in the cellar. Yeah. We've done the portal up there. Let's go down to the cellar and do the Estus down there. So we went down into the cellar, and that's when it got really weird. Well, it did get really weird. But I think the first thing we have to point out, which I think is very, very strange mm-hmm. indeed, is what the obelisk came out with. Well, let's say what it was saying as we moved down first. Right. Because as we were walking, and I know the obelisk goes off with walking around, but... It was very, very in theme with what we're about to get happen, I suppose, down there. Because it said man, sin, and threat. And then we put it down on the table and start setting up. And the next word that came out of it was sex. Sex. I didn't even realize that was programmed. I didn't know the sex word was programmed into the obelisk because in 13 years or however long I've been doing Haunted Horizons. I think I've had it as long as Haunted Horizons. In 13 years, I have never no. had that word appear on the screen. No. If somebody out there has, please let us know, but it's not one that I've heard come out. No, not in the slightest. Not for me. I would have remembered that one. Well, I think we all would because we were, we're like children, aren't we? We are, okay? yeah. <laughs> like we were that night. Oh, my God, look what it just said. <laughs> we did an EVP burst. Like I said, we always do that when we first go into a new location or new area. We had absolutely nothing from EVP, not no. even a, a whisper. No. So we did what we went down there for, and that is to do the Estus. And I started by introducing ourselves. And what was I met with? You were met with the wonderful words of dead, dead dead and i did it three times i heard heard it three times it's interesting because if it's running through the radio three different radio stations because remember it's going clicking through Mm. should not have said that same word at the same time no quickly followed by go away yeah which wasn't very nice you asked a couple more questions and i came out with the word or the name molly but then i also followed with the word pain Hmm. Also, a guest actually heard um, a yell, which and we we didn't at the time. Now we? that was interesting because the guest heard it on their end. Mm. We didn't hear it our end. The same time that I came out with the word pain, mm. and they Very said unusual. it sounded like a a yell or a yelp or a little scream. Yeah, 
just as I came out with it. So I did ask for an age mm-hmm. and you came out with? 35. Oh. Interesting I got an age, but at this point I, it is going to turn weird, guys, for me, which is why I'm having trouble talking about it and rationalising it. The age was different to what's contrary to what I'm about to have happen. Bear with us. Mm-hmm. It also came out with possession as well, which is another weird thing. Yeah, because I'm going to talk about that later on. Not in as, hey, I have a possession. It was more like, hey, that's like a movie where people get possessed type possession. Mm -hmm. Also, at the same time I was saying possession, there is a real large... Now... (laughs) I'm going to describe it as a thuddy bang. I was just thinking that. Thuddy. It's just such a word. Because I like, I like making up my own words. Thuddy. Thuddy. There was a thuddy bang. <laughs> I can't believe some of the stuff you write. Thuddy bang. No, that's because at the end of the day, I don't know how else to... It was a cross between a thud and a bang. That's the best way I can say it. Okay. <laughs> Just after the thuddy bang keg, you can see I'm about to take off my headphones. It's like, well, I'm not hearing much. At this point, I really wasn't hearing much. And I was going to take my headphones off and say, I'm I'm not getting anything. And then you'll see I pause and it's almost like I reconsider mm-hmm. doing that. And that's where everything became weird. <laughs> that's the only way I can say it. it became weird for me. So I started to hear that voice again, get out, leave. It all started up again. And it's interesting that we were getting these get out and leaves. And this is what interests me, Keg. It was all in the same area. Don't forget the cottage is above the cellar. Yes. And it's almost like whatever it was did not want us in that area for Mm. whatever reason. The house, yeah, we got that goodbye enough now, but it wasn't that, hmm. Get out, leave. We were stern. We were getting that real aggravation type words just in the cottage and the cellar underneath. Even the best one I came out with, and I'm going to say, because I called you a cow, Keg. You did. You actually came out and said you're a cow. I did. I'm like, really? I'm not sure if that was the ghost box, but (laughs) I'm sure I heard it on the ghost box. I wonder. <laughs> no, I did. I heard a male voice, and this was all male. And it just said, you're a cow, when you were asking a question. I didn't know you were asking a question at the time, but when I listened back, I had a good giggle on that. Now, it came out with a lot of other responses, and I haven't included these responses in the video. And I doubt whether I'm going to include them here as well, because due to the content, I'm just calling out what I'm hearing. But the content became very abusive. I'm, I'm going to come out and say it was almost like it was somebody who was about or who was being abused. And we don't want to put stuff up as triggers for other people. And this is why if you do go and watch the video, it's going to be a little bit disjointed from the gruff voice, your account, me coming off the headphones going, that was really weird. And you can see I find it, and you can see I could find it hard to talk about in the video, and you're going to see I'm having a hard time talking about it now because I don't have this type of stuff happen. I'm a very 
nuts and bolts investigator. I, I'm not psychic. I'm not clairvoyant. I'm not medium. And I rarely get this feelings like they're not me. That's the best way I can say. Yeah. It's true. like it wasn't me. But this is how it was. I started to feel very strange and unnerved to the point where I did have to come off the headphones and apologize because I couldn't take this feeling anymore. I felt like I was another person. I felt like I was in a dress. I haven't drawn a, a drawn. I haven't worn. Get my words out there, Keg. I haven't worn a dress in nearly 30 years. And yet I felt like I was in a dress. I could also feel the material against my skin. Not my usual jeans material, but I could feel the material as if I had a dress on. And and I could I could almost see it. It was a very plain dress with an apron. I had an apron on as well. Now, I felt much younger than 60 at that point. I would put, I could almost see the person as well, Keg. This is a weird thing. It was me. It wasn't me. It was like half of me was seeing it or seeing the person and half of me was the person. And that's the best way I can describe it. But younger, possibly in the late teens, early 20s with red hair. But I was scared. I felt helpless. Something horrible was about to happen. I was going to get hurt. I couldn't see what that was. I had no no clear indication what was going to happen. I just knew it was about to happen and I was going to get hurt. And I was scared. And the feeling became so intense, Keg, that, as you know, I came off the headphones. Normally I'll only come off when I want to know, is anything happening? Is it making sense? Or I'm not getting anything. Now, we did question it. I questioned my own feelings. I said to Keg, look, it could have been imagination. And that's my rational side. But it didn't feel like imagination. <laughs> and I wasn't thinking about anything like that at the time. You know what I was doing, Keg, at the time? And I had to cut a little bit out as well because my throat was getting a little bit irritated because of the dust down there. Yeah, it's quite dusty. And I had just put, a, stupidly just put a lozenge in my mouth without thinking. And I was thinking about that because... I knew that that's going to make a lot of crunching noises and lots of sound on the audio. That's all I was thinking about at the time. When bang, there it was, just this image. My rational side says it's imagination. My other side says, well, if it was imagination, we normally get a male down there, don't we? Yeah. Why didn't I imagine a male? Why was mm. it this female? I, I felt like she worked there, that she was a maid or a somebody who worked in the place, a young girl. But something was about to happen, something unpleasant. She was scared. And I, I said, I was there at the time. I actually saw how rattled you were in the, you, you didn't calm down for a long time. Not sort of calm down, but you were very unsettled for a long time afterwards. I think it because it challenged mm. 
it challenged me because I don't get this stuff. I don't know. Maybe it was just imagination. I'm the best I, I can yeah, say. Yeah, it's very strange. But also, by the way, we've got no history of anything happening there either. So that that is one thing. We've got mm. no history with this, so we can't say this definitely happened. Anything happened. Not in the slightest. So there's no fact behind um, it. No. It's just a feeling. And that was it. So very strange. But you mm. you were you were really rattled. Yeah. Really rattled. But you were actually you were rattled for, for quite I a while. I was, yeah. Yeah. Now we have been back since, haven't we? We have in fact we were back there not long ago. It was only a couple of months ago we went back, just you and me. Yes, we did. Hired the place for the we night. Did. And we stayed in Kathleen's cottage where we I did. slept soundly. So and did I. We got very little. It was one of those very quiet nights, wasn't it? Yes. Apart from one incident. <laughs> yeah. Thank you, Amy and Jared from Amy's Crypt and Ghost Tube. Yes. Gotta love Ghost Tube. I got fat shamed. I'm glad it wasn't me. <laughs> I was in the upstairs. It, it's not a lounge. What would you call it? It's like a meeting room. Uh, it probably like a was. A, it's boardroom there. Probably was a probably would have been a big bedroom, bedroom at yeah. the time. And I was in there. We weren't getting much, and we had we had the Vox on Amy's Crypt Vox running. And just at that moment, we weren't getting much through. I had an itch on my back, so I brought my arm around, and by doing that, I lifted my shirt up. Now I'm not. A skinny model, far from it. So I may have a couple of rolls <laughs> there. So I was scratching that, and out of the box came the words, "You're fat." <laughs> <laughs> we were live at the time, guys, so everybody heard that, and there was a lot of jokes after that about it. So I can proudly say, Kag, I have been fat shamed by a ghost. You see? I bet not many people have had that. No, we all have our claim to fame. Thank you, Mr. Rankin, <laughs> for pointing for pointing that out. Of course, they would have been much smaller. Well, if you look at those beautiful clothes they've got yeah. um, where the mannequins are upstairs as well, they are tiny. They were tiny they with were, the corsets. We couldn't get our calves in oh, for those. Never mind, <laughs> you whole bodies. They're minute. Yeah. My foot might get into them, but that would be about it. Exactly. It's like, really? They were, they were tiny. Yeah. It is an interesting place. It is a beautiful place to visit. As I say, they do a lot there. They do a lot of events there. They do the Highland what is it? Gatherings. gatherings there once a year, which are just amazing. They do caber tossing and they um, do the bagpipes. And, and that's Highland why CAG dancing. goes. CAG goes for the bagpipes. I don't, I don't go for that. <laughs> And then they say they do the murder mysteries, which we'll have to do one more time. That'd be Afternoon really cool. cream teas. Yeah, they do all sorts of things. And so. ghost tours and ghost investigations. Exactly. Well, not so much the tours, but investigations. Yeah, we don't do so much tours. So just we don't have a short history yeah. walk around. Yeah. So definitely, if you are going anywhere near Strathalban, or even if you're not, make a point of going near Strathalban. Mm-hmm. then definitely get in touch with Denbar Homestead yeah. and see if you can pay it to visit. Go on their uh, Facebook page, their website, give them some love. And and we'll put those links in the right up in the about below yeah. this podcast. So 
you'll have it all there, including the video link to go and watch it on YouTube. Mm -hmm. There'll be extra video for these people. I will put my fat shame bit on there for you, for the subscribers, for the extra video. That's a hoot. You see, that just shows you that one time you can go and have lots of things. And the you can, next time can be really quiet. All we had was your fat at the whole night, <laughs> which was worth it, to be truthful. It was worth going just for that, wasn't it? Just to be fat shamed. Yeah. <laughs> All right, guys, with that, we are going to bring this one to a halt. I think we've chatted on enough. Don't forget all our social media. We have Facebook, Adelaide Haunted Horizons. We have YouTube, Adelaide Haunted Horizons. We have Patreon. If you like what we do and you want to keep us going to visit more of these places to bring to you, Haunted Horizons on Patreon. So, guys, come and support us. Share, 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 share. That helps us a lot. Helps us with the algorithms as well. Yes. Everybody enjoys that. Spotify, iTunes, iHeart, whichever you're listening. And Amazon Music likes it as well because then they will share that to other people. It's great the way it works, isn't it? Mm. Okay. But you have to like it to do that. All right, guys, thank you so much for listening. We will be back again, hopefully, next week with another episode. We can't tell you what it's going to be because we never know. We don't. We just pluck it out of our heads and go, you know what, we might do that one tomorrow. Trip down memory lane for us. Mm -hmm. All right, you take care, guys. Thank you for all the support you've given, and we will see you next time. Bye. Bye. Please remember to share, like, and subscribe to this podcast. The extended video version of these episodes are available for members of Spotify and Patreon. You can also follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and see the full investigation from these episodes on our YouTube channel. Details are in the About section of this podcast. Thank you from CAG and Ali for listening.